Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now for your host, Dan Mater. Welcome back to the show, MD Nation. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and we are back today with another preview episode. It's going to be week 10. We're going over all the late afternoon Sunday games, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, and of course, we have a mailbag segment for you guys at the end of the show. I am simultaneously casting on video on Sportscaster again for this episode. I know yesterday I said, you know what, we're going to go back to audio. It was just a one-time thing, but we had so much success. We had so much fun that we decided that we are going to come back and do it again. So what we're actually going to do moving forward, with this, we had a big show decision here. What we're going to do moving forward is every preview episode on Thursdays and Fridays will be on Sportscaster, will be video streamed on Sportscaster along with the typical audio that is always you know part of the podcast. It's always available to you guys on Google Play or Stitcher or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you go for your podcast needs. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is going to be still available to you in audio format, but I will also be streaming at the same time on Sportscaster for the preview shows. Now, if you're new to the show, we do four episodes a week. We do also do two recap shows, one that covers the Sunday games, the other one covers the Sunday night, Monday night game, along with the waiver wire report. Those will be still just audio version available. Now, the reason for that is because we're going to have two different studios. We have mobile studios, which is where I have to be on the road a little bit, and the internet connection is not always the best. So, being able to depend on actually being able to make a video when I make those two episodes isn't always going to be a possibility. But preview episodes, I am home. We have the home base operation, the home base studios. So from now on, I will be telling you guys which studio I'm going to be at. So that way, you know whether you're list- you're watching on video, obviously you'll know. But if you're listening on the podcast, on the audio version, you will know which one is available to you at that point. Uh, so that's going to be the difference there. That's why we're going to break it up. We're going to do that from here on out for the rest of the season and plan on continuing it to grow. As we go through this episode, keep in mind, you guys, if you want to put your questions in, if you're watching on the video, that is, on sportscaster.com, if you're watching on the video, you want to go ahead and put those questions in the chat. I will get to some of them At the end of the show, we'll go through and talk to them on the show here. So if you want to go ahead and do that as you are watching or listening, you can do so. Remember, the sportscast.com is a great platform. I'm on there now with Unwrapped Sports and Belly Up Sports. We're doing great things there all the way around. And, of course, MD Nation on the audio. I'm not forgotten about you guys. You are my 
bread and butter, as they would say. We got a great show for you guys today, as it is the preview show on Friday. We also kick off the show with a recap from the Thursday night game. We'll go through, we'll have the injury updates for you in each one of these matchups coming up. So we got a lot of great things to get to in this episode. So why don't we go ahead and get into it right here, right now, with no further ado. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become the newest member of the Belly Up Sports Network. The Belly Up Sports Network is a rising star in the sports industry. After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. First up, we have the recap, the Chargers and the Oakland Raiders. Now, this wound up being a better game than we expected it to be as far as Thursday night football games go. They've been a little bit more competitive, been a little bit easier to be able to actually watch, even if you don't necessarily have fantasy value. But a lot of people did have fantasy guys going in this game. There's a lot of players on both sides of the team. First off, we'll start off with the Chargers' side of the ball, where Phillip Rivers played abysmal. Played absolutely abysmal. After coming off of a pretty solid game against the Green Bay Packers all the way around, he had three interceptions in this game, only threw for 207 yards. Yes, he had the two touchdowns, one that went to Austin Eckler, one that went to Hunter Henry, but he was overall just terrible in this game. And it wound up being kind of a plus or minus for the wide receivers, right? Keenan Allen, we've been waiting for him to get back on track, and in some ways he does here because he gets 11 targets, he gets 8 catches, but only 68 yards, doesn't find the end zone. He's becoming more and more of a short to intermediate slot wide receiver. They aren't able to seem to get him down the field past 12 yards, but right now, Phil Rivers looks like he can't even throw the ball past 12 yards without it sailing over people's heads, without going to the other team, and that's what we saw yesterday. He sailed almost every single throw that he had out there, which is why he played such a terrible game. We're going to have to look for him to get back on track. We know this is Phillip Rivers. We know sometimes he gets a little bit streaky, and he's just as likely to bounce back. When he gets that bounce back, which I think will come soon for you Keenan Allen owners, that's when Keenan Allen will go back to getting some really good production here. But for now, if you're in PPR leagues, you're okay with this performance. He's still offering you a high floor. They got back to getting Keenan Allen the ball as much as they possibly could in this one. So you're okay with that at the end of the day. What you were disappointed with was Mike Williams. Two catches, 55 yards, only three targets. I mean, it was as if they didn't even know he was on the field until the second half. I mean, he didn't do anything until the second half at all. Had no targets in the first half whatsoever. Uh, The one pick... One of the picks that Phillip Rivers had was looking for Mike Williams in the end zone when he was double covered once again, so he can't find the end zone again. Look, Mike Williams at this point has to be nothing more than a wide receiver four that you can just spot start when you desperately need him to because if he's not going to find the red zone anytime soon and he hasn't yet this season and if they're not going to get that part of his game going then you can't trust him as a wide receiver he has such a low floor every single week as a result and a a very incredibly limited ceiling as we saw last week last week was his first 100 yard game of his career so that you can't even count on necessarily him getting the yards to give you the floor that you need. You need the touchdowns to go with him. So why he's become more of a wide receiver four now at this point. Really disappointing for a guy that we expected to take a big leap with no Tyrell Williams in there. And with Hunter Henry, look, he did his job. Four catches, 30 yards. Not a great stat line, but he gets you the touchdown on seven targets. That's all you're looking for. Can you just give me a touchdown? Give me 30 to 40 yards. You call it a day with Hunter Henry, and you know he's going to be a tight end one for the week. because That's all it takes. So he did his job for you at the end of the day, even in a game in which Phil Rivers was terrible. So you're not going to worry about that moving forward. 
Next up, we talk about is Melvin Gordon. 22 carries, 108 yards, a touchdown. Once again, looked fantastic in this game. And I was a little bit concerned because Russell Kong did go down in the beginning of this game. Now we're waiting to see what the injury report is because he is vital to keeping that offensive line at least competent moving forward, especially with the new scheme that they are running. Melvin Gordon has a chance now to be that running back that you drafted and held on to him to be. The last thing you want to do is see that offensive line get injured again, where it's going to be really hard to get a push on on that side of the ball. But they still were able to run the ball consistently throughout this game. It was the only real way they were able to generate their offense. He continues to way, way out-snap Austin Eckler, way out-touch Austin Eckler in this one. Eckler did get two targets, two catches, 29 yards, and a touchdown. But, man, if you played Eckler in this game, that touchdown saved you at the end. And this was a game in which they were trailing the entire game. I mean, they were down 10 nothing in the first quarter. So Austin Eckler, to me, is somebody I told you guys yesterday's episode. He's somebody that I would try to sell on because we don't know what his volume is going to be necessarily moving forward. And we know his ceiling's definitely gone, barring an injury to Melvin Gordon. He's going to have better days ahead where he's going to be more involved in the passing game. But this goes to show you that with his downturn in snaps, being that Melvin Gordon is now that featured guy on this team, it's going to be a little shaky at best when you're even going to get those four PPR performances out of him. At this point now, I don't know what you're going to be able to sell him for after a game like that. Maybe some people still look at the fact that he scored a touchdown or are okay with it. I would try to do that. Otherwise, he's just a handcuff to Melvin Gordon for me moving forward because we're getting the crunch time. We're four games left of the playoffs. I'm going to keep bringing that up because right now this is when you start consolidating your teams. You start getting your guys ready that you're going to go into the stretch run with. Austin Eckler, I don't believe, is going to be one of those guys, like I said, barring an injury to Melvin Gordon. But Gordon has great things ahead of him, and you like to, you like to see the bounce back there. On the Raiders' side of the ball, Derek Carr did his Derek Carr thing, where he comes back down to reality after playing really well the past couple of weeks. That's why I warned people I would not stream Derek Carr this week. Came back down to being 218 yards, a touchdown, check down quarterback, no interceptions in this one, just played it safe all the way through. That's all he had to do in order to win the game. But for fantasy purposes, that is why you can't not trust Derek Carr, because he will on a dime flip back to having an incredibly low floor. Uh, with Jake, with Josh Jacobs, saved you at the end. He wasn't really having a great game, but then that final drive when the Raiders scored a touchdown, Jacobs was able to make a nice run there. 16 carries, 71 yards, a touchdown. He actually had less volume in this game than he has in the past. Look for him to get back to 20 carries going into next week. I definitely expect that to be a good situation for him. I'm not worried about this moving forward. Jacobs continues to be just a high-end RB2 for you every single week, no matter the matchup. And because they've already had their bye, you're not going to have to worry about him the rest of the way. Tyrell Williams did what I expected him to do. Five targets, three catches, 25 yards, and didn't score a touchdown. We saw his touchdown streak get broken last week. I didn't think he was suddenly going to return this week, being that the Chargers defense has been playing much better. Their secondary is pretty good. So he did exactly what I expected him to do in this game and not be much of a factor. The guy was a little bit surprising with Darren Waller. Now he has three catches for 40 yards on five targets. It's a little bit better than he had the past couple of weeks, of course, but doesn't find the end zone, so he doesn't give you that tight end one production out of him. He's just not nearly involved in the offense right now. And you could say it's Tyrell Williams being back, but that's not really the case. Even beginning of the season when Tyrell Williams was scoring touchdowns, Darren Waller was still getting five to seven catches every single game. Last three weeks in a row now, he's only had two, two, and three as far as his receptions go, and his targets hasn't been nearly as high. 
we have to wait to see if he's going to get more involved. The, the biggest culprit that I've seen so far is that the running backs have been more involved in the passing game, and that's been the biggest reason why we've seen a downturn in, in targets for Darren Waller to this point. So this is what we're looking at for, for that moving forward. That wraps up the recap, so now we can switch gears. Go back, and we're going to get right into the preview matchups that we have for you guys all today. Remember, if you're just joining the show and you're on the video sportscaster stream, if you want to drop a fantasy football question in there in the chat, I'm going to answer all the questions at the end of the episode in the mailbag segment. I have a few selected from people who have already talked to me on Twitter or on Facebook or have emailed me through my website, www.mdffshow.com, where I also have the updated rankings on there for you guys heading into Sunday and Monday's matchup. So make sure you go ahead and check out the website. I also have it set up where I am simulcasting live streaming on my website at the same time. So you can go there, check out the rankings, and also listen to the live stream video if you want to do that. But all of that is available to you on the website, www.mdffshow.com. So getting into the preview episodes here, we have... A really good one in store, right? Because we on Sunday, we have a great matchup between the Miami Dolphins and the Indianapolis Colts. You like how I built that up? Yeah, of course. We're all excited for that, aren't we? Look, on the Dolphins' side of the ball, we don't have much to get to, so we'll just go through it really quickly. It's Devontae Parker, who I do actually really like this, this week. I do think he's going to be a solid wide receiver play. I think he's a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. With the added volume that he should see with no Preston Williams, I expect him to get double-digit targets in this game. He's been a possibility to be able to score a touchdown any given week. Ryan Fitzpatrick is throwing the ball up to him. He's given him 50-50 chances. And the Colts' secondary, their defense in general, has played better as of late, but it's not a situation in which you're totally afraid of it. And as long as there's going to be volume and you know the Dolphins are going to have to come back, I do think Devontae Parker offers you a very high floor at the very least heading into this matchup with touchdown upside. Kalen Balazs is the real story, right? The Dolphins didn't wind up signing another running back of note. So you, Kalen Balazs is going to be the featured guy. I mean, who else is left at this point with no Mark Walton for the next four games and suspension? Kalen Balazs is not a good running back, plain and simple. But even when he hasn't been good, when they have had opportunities at the goal line, he has been able to punch it in a couple times. So if you're looking for a guy with a pulse, and I talked about that yesterday too, if you're heavy in bye week and you're looking for a guy with a pulse, Kalen Balaj will at least have several touches. He'll at least probably walk away with a minimum of 16 touches total in this game. Something to keep in mind, something that you can plug and play if you absolutely have to. I don't love him. Colts defense has been really good against the run as of late on top of everything else. But he does have a possibility to score. He is going to touch the ball. It's a desperate spot play if you need it. Colts side of the ball, and that's where we got to get into some things. So we got T.Y. Hilton not expected to play on Sunday. And if you want to be up to date on all the player news, update notifications on their injury news and who's expected to play, who's not, all the stuff going around that you need to know for your fantasy teams in the NFL, you can always follow me on Twitter at MDSFFshow for that. I'm always keeping you guys up to date as much as possible, and it's completely free because it's Twitter. So it's free news for you guys. So take advantage of that. T.Y. Hilton not going to play. So what does that mean? Zach Pascal does have a decent floor for you. I like him better, you know, of course, in PPR, half-point PPR leagues. Yes, he scored the touchdown last week, but 
it's not like he's the red zone guy with no T.Y. Hilton. It's not like he's going to be the go-to guy in those situations. The ball could easily be spread out. Now, the good news is that Jacoby Brissett is expected to play, right? He practiced in limited capacity on Wednesday and yesterday. So I expect him to practice again today. I expect him to go on Sunday. So we have Jacoby Brissett here coming in. That gives Zach Pascal the floor that you're looking for. That does make him a high-end wide receiver four, a low-end wide receiver three that can possibly play in your lineups in the flex, especially given this week. You're going to see a decent floor out of him. So that's one guy. I don't trust any of the other Colt wide receivers. No one else in T.Y. Hilton's absence previously this year were able to step up on a consistent basis. I mean, you would think that that one person might be Chester Rogers, but I really only like him in a situation where you might be looking to play a a contrarian DFS play, right? That's the only way I would look to play Chester Rogers. If you're in a redraft leagues and you're looking to play him, I am not, I'm not going to play Chester Rogers in those situations this week. He hasn't done enough for me to feel comfortable for me to know that he has an actual floor. He should be the second guy to step up, but it could just as easily be the tight ends. Look, we had Eric Ebron go to the GM, go to the head coach, actually sit down and have a meeting with the fact that he is completely an irritably unhappy with his role and I don't blame him he hasn't been worked in now we knew there was going to be regression for Eric Ebron heading into this and this season in general but the lack of production the lack of usage on a consistent basis has been absolutely ridiculous so that's what we've been seeing so far so I do think there's actually a pretty decent scenario here that you can go ahead pick up Eric Ebron stream him this week I think there is going to be a focus to get him the ball in this matchup so I do think Eric Ebron somebody you can go to and I just get some unexpected production out of him based on what we've seen over the last few weeks due to the fact that they are having that kind of communications. We usually do see that translate on the field. The guy, of course, I love is Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack's an RB1 this week. How can he not be? Going up against Miami Dolphins, he's a guy who's going to get at least 20 carries. He's going to be great all the year. He's going to be a great DFS play because he's a little bit cheaper, but you can get similar top-end production out of him. Marlon Mack's going to be the way to go in this one. Jacoby Brissett, people are asking, like, all right, if he's going to play, is he a streaming quarterback against the Miami Dolphins? Typically, I would say yes. Without T.Y. Hilton, I think you have other guys who might have a better ceiling for you that you can go to that I would... I would try to lean towards that way rather than go with Jacoby Brissett without his number one target, even against the Miami Dolphins. Will he throw multiple touchdowns? Yeah, but there may not be an emphasis to have to throw the ball too much. So him getting 300 plus yards, I don't know if it's necessarily in the cards without T.Y. Hilton on there. So that's kind of what it boils down to as far as that goes. Next game that I want to talk about here is the Rams and the Pittsburgh Steelers. No Brandon Cooks. We know that. Now, we're unsure about exactly when he's going to come back. Late last night, Brandon Cooks sent out a tweet saying that he plans on being back sooner rather than later. I hope he is. I do own Brandon Cooks in a few leagues. We'll see if that truly winds up becoming the case. But as of right now, we have to we have to utilize it as Brandon Cooks is going to be out for at least the next few weeks. So that means it should be added volume for Robert Woods. I don't think this necessarily gives added volume for Cooper Cup, right? Because with Cooper Cup, you have a guy who's already been getting the majority of the targets, already been a wide receiver one. I don't know how much more production he can really give you at this point. The guy you're looking to take a step up would be 
uh, would be would be Robert Woods, right? You expect him to get at least a few more targets, maybe three to four targets that equals into a, another extra reception or two. He figured he's got to get going. He's a much better wide receiver than what he's produced so far this season. The Rams offense in general has been a little bit disappointing. It's going to be interesting to see if they figured anything out coming out of the bye week. They have a tough matchup this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers who have a defense that has been playing really well. But the problem with this is that you haven't been able to trust Jared Goff on the road. And that's what we have here going into Pittsburgh. You haven't been able to trust Jared Goff much of anything as of late, but especially not on the road. So what we're going to get is we're not really sure. It's going to depend on which Jared Goff shows up if Robert Woods is going to have value. Cooper Cup is as safe as they come. We're no worries there. And Gerald Everett, just because of the way he's been involved in the offense, given the way the tight end position is at this moment, you have to play Gerald Everett. You have to stream him. He's one of those lower tight end ones that has just had a pretty consistent good floor, has been consistently involved, and you can play him with some confidence in that scenario. Todd Gurley, obviously you're playing him. I don't love the matchup. Pittsburgh Steelers have been pretty good against the run. They haven't been playing Todd Gurley as much as of late. Look, he was getting more and more of the work share until he got hurt. He misses one week with a knee contusion, comes back the following week, and both of those weeks never saw more than 65% of the, of the snap share. That's a problem. Unless that goes up to 80%, or at least 75%, Todd Gurley is a touchdown-dependent running back, too. Now, obviously, he's still a starter. He's still Todd Gurley. He still has that ability to score touchdowns. He has been doing that this season, even with the limited snap count. But that is what we're looking at here. So you need him to score unless they're suddenly going to come out of the bye and change what they've been doing and actually give this guy the ball and have him on the field more. I think they should. I think he's shown that he's healthy. I think they've been too babying him, too many baby gloves on him him right now you have to let him go you have to let him free especially if you want to get this season turned around because with the 49ers undefeated Seattle playing like they are the Rams are in a position they made them find themselves on the outside looking in when this whole playoff race is about to hit soon for the NFL so in order to get back on track they got to go to Todd Gurley more but until we actually see it we can't count on it which is why he has to be nothing more than a touchdown dependent RB2 until we see something change in his offense hopefully we will on the Pittsburgh Steelers side of the ball we're not gonna have James Conner we're not going to have Benny Snell. So it's going to be Jalen Samuels and Trey Evans like it was a week ago. Trey Evans did get banged up a little bit, but he is expected to play this week. He's been back at practice. So expect Trey Evans to be the main ball carrier. Expect Jalen Samuels to be the main pass catcher. Jalen Samuels has a great floor in half point and full point PPR leagues. I don't expect him to get 13 catches like he did last week, but what it shows you, Mason Rudolph, who's been checking the ball down nonstop throughout this season besides the you know, few bombs that he seems to take to Deontay Johnson, not even Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, that's what we've seen out of him so far. We know Samuels is going to be involved, so he's still a safe, low-end RB2 in the half-point and full-point PPR leagues of fantastic flex play in all scoring formats. And then Trey Edmonds is somebody who, if I'm in a standard league and I'm looking for flex play and I'm looking for somebody who might have a decent game, I'll play Trey Edmonds. Look, the Rams don't have the greatest run defense in the world here. While I do expect their defense has been improving over the past couple of weeks, the Steelers are going to have the emphasis to run the ball. Their, their, their offense right now is going through the running backs, whether it's the running backs in the passing game, whether the running backs in the rushing game. That's where the offense is flowing through at the moment so they're going to give him the ball against the Rams he has a possibility to score he is a bigger type of back 
He's a flex play in a heavy bye week. I still don't literally love his floor because he's not involved in the passing game at all. And like last week, we only had 12 carries. Jalen Samuel still gets involved on that side on the ball. So him getting 15, 16 carries isn't necessarily in the cards, which means you need him to score or break a big play. Things he's capable of doing, but making him no more than a flex play in a heavy bye week situation. That's about it. Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, you got to play him. You're not going to have a better option, I believe, heading into a, a week where you have six teams on by. But the problem that you're going to run into is that, one, he's going to be shadowed by Jalen Sam- um, I'm sorry, it's going to be Jalen Ramsey. So, and two, you haven't really been able to trust his production with Mason Rudolph anyway, no matter who's been covering him so far this season. So this is where it's just, it's hard. It's hard. You're going to be tempted to bench him. I don't think you can. He's still a talented wide receiver. When they came back off of the bye, it looked like they had an emphasis to try to get him the ball. And then, of course, last week he wound up doing absolutely nothing. But I don't know if you're going to have a better option. If you do have better options, I'm perfectly fine with you benching Juju Smith-Schuster this week. But I don't know if you're going to have a better option. If you don't, you can play him. You can do worse. I'm not going to play Deontay Johnson in this game. Look, Jalen Ramsey changes a lot for this Rams secondary moving forward than what we saw in the beginning part of the season. Because what we're seeing now is that everyone gets to fall into respective places. Wade Phillips gets to call the defensive scheme that he has always wanted to be able to call. Jalen Ramsey comes in. He can play man-to-man. He can shadow. Wade Phillips wants to be able to play predominantly man-to-man and get pressure by blitzing. He can do that now. As a result, this Rams defense in general is going to be playing much better. Look for Aaron Donald to have more of an impact moving forward as well and being more of a penetrator. Look, everything is going to kind of fall into place. I think the Rams defense is what made give this team a spark down the playoff stretch we'll see what happens as far as that goes but that's what you're kind of looking at in this situation so I would not play Deontay Johnson I wouldn't play Vance McDonald I think you have to play Judas Smith-Schuster possibly depending on what your team makeup is but even then I would maybe look for other options the only people that I'm okay with playing is Trey Edmonds as a flex in standards leagues and then Jalen Samuels because of his floor that he has catching the football The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at UnwrappedSports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. Next game we have to talk about, Minnesota Vikings. Dallas Cowboys, obviously with the Vikings, you're playing your studs, right? Adam Thielen's not going to be playing in this game. He's going to be out. We don't know how long, in fact. When he had the re-aggravation of the hamstring injury, a lot of times when you re-aggravate that, it's more than just a one-week absence. So we're going to have to see if that continues. We're going to have to see when he's able to get back. But for now, until that happens, Devon Diggs should be considered a low-end volume wide receiver one. Plain, plain and simple, a low-end wide receiver one. So Stephon Diggs here comes in with a high target volume share. You can go ahead and sink your teeth into, play him as your wide receiver one, play him with that big play upside that he definitely has. Yes, he disappointed last week against Kansas City Chiefs. I'm well, I'm well aware of this. Yes, it should have been definitely a bigger game for him. But what you have going into it, why this is different against a better Dallas Cowboy defense is they are practicing this entire week, going into this entire week with a game plan that Stephon Diggs is going to be their number one guy. When they do that, they have 
way better production. They move him around a lot more. They get him in on reverses. They move him into the slot. They hit him on screens. Look, when he is actually the game plan for that week, he is a much better wide receiver. So I expect Stephon Diggs to have a much better game, even in a tougher matchup with no Adam Thielen in this one. He's just going to be a wide receiver one moving forward with no Adam Thielen, period. Dalvin Cook goes without saying, of course, he's going to be a top-end running back. I mean, other than Christian McCaffrey, I don't know if there's another running back that you've liked more for fantasy purposes so far this season. Next up here, we have... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. O'Reilly Auto Parts specializes in keeping your car on the road. Not sure how much life is left in your battery? Our professional parts people will test it for free. If it does need to be replaced, we'll help you find just the right one to fit your car. Our superstar batteries are built to handle even the toughest conditions. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Kirk Cousins, right? Do you play him? No. I don't think you can play Kirk Cousins without Adam Thielen. That's his number one go-to guy in the red zone. That's his number one chain mover guy that he depends on. And when you're looking to stream Kirk Cousins, you're looking for a floor with the potential of him going for like four touchdowns and 300 yards. I don't love that against the Dallas Cowboys here in this matchup, especially without Adam Thielen. And I don't really, I don't know if I much care what the matchup is. If he does not have Adam Thielen, he does not have his full plethora of weapons. I don't know if you can trust Kirk Cousins to be that guy that you need him to be for fantasy football purposes. So I would kind of stay away from him uh, this given week. I'm looking down on my phone here. I'm getting some breaking news uh, that Adam Gase says it looks good for Le'Veon Bell and Chris Herndon on Sunday. So keep that in mind. It looks like Chris Herndon and Le'Veon Bell are both definitely going to play. We had our eyes on Le'Veon Bell, especially since he had the MRI. We weren't getting many uh, details, but it does look like he's going to be good to go. So I just wanted to put that and throw that in here uh, as that was coming across my desk now. So on we're good with the Vikings. You want to talk about Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr. Without Adam Thielen, both of those guys do have more volume that comes their way in the passing game, but they cut into each other too much. If they could just mold themselves into one tight end, they would be great for fantasy football purposes. But because they don't, because they're splitting, uh, you're looking at a very low floor. And if you're playing one of those guys, you're just on a hope and a prayer that you're going to be able to get a touchdown, nothing more. On the flip side of the ball for the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, He's been a QB1. Don't love the matchup, but it does sound like Amari Cooper is going to be okay. Now, he had a little bit of a scare. He didn't practice Wednesday. Comes back, had the MRI. Didn't practice Thursday. MRI showed that it was okay. He's, he's good to go. They expect him to practice today. They expect him to play on Sunday. So you're fine there. So that helps Dak Prescott's floor out quite a bit, having Amari Cooper, having Michael Gallup, and a Viking secondary that has been a bit suspect over the past month or so now. It's going to be a question with Dak Prescott. Are you going to run? And I don't know if he runs against this Vikings front right now. They've been 
pretty good on penetrating. Now, yes, you always have the Dallas Cowboy offensive line, which is always going to give you a fighting chance against these really good pass rushing, penetrating defensive lines. But I do think the Vikings possess the ability to keep Dak Prescott in the pocket for the most part. And if he doesn't use his legs, he's not going to have a big ceiling. You're pretty much going to be playing Dak Prescott for his floor play, which may be 18 points, which is maybe all you need. But because he's been a low end QB one, because you're probably not going to have too many better options this week, there aren't too many streaming quarterbacks that are available because a lot of people had to pick these guys up with the heavy bye week and everything like that. I think you just have to stick with Dak Prescott for now for one more week and see if they can get this offense back to what it was in the beginning part of the season. Zeke plays Zeke, goes out saying, don't need to talk anymore about that. Mari Cooper, still a wide receiver one. As long as he's good to go, Xavier Rhodes is not somebody who scares me anymore when I have an elite receiver going up against him. So this is where I'm perfectly fine with Amari Cooper uh, being one of your top end plays. And I think that he's going to have a decent game in this one. You can have a high expectation for him. Michael Gallup's the real question here. Now, with no Amari, with, with Amari Cooper back, I was going to say, because all, all week I've been thinking about what happens if Michael Gallup you know, doesn't have Amari Cooper, where do I rank him, where do you project him and everything like that, but it looks like he's going to have him. So with that being said, Michael Gallup is a touchdown-dependent wide receiver four. He just hasn't been worked in in the offense enough on a consistent basis since he's been back from his injury to be able to actually play him blindly, right? Because they were in a situation where Amari Cooper could get 12 targets, but Michael Gallup was going to sit there and get 8 to 10 targets too and be just worked in. That hasn't been the case. Now, he scored a touchdown last week, and that was what saved his fantasy value. But in order for that to continue, you have to be taking a chance. Now, you might need a chance this week. And he does have touchdown potential. And he is developing as a pretty good wide receiver in his NFL league in his second year already. Going up against the Vikings, like I said, it's not a matchup you're afraid of. But it's not a game that I expect this to be. I don't expect this to be a shootout. Maybe low 20s, maybe mid 20s. But I think that's about the cap of what you're looking for as far as points scored goes. He's a wide receiver for touchdown dependent wide receiver to me if you're playing him you're hoping for the touchdown but that is a possibility you could do worse than Michael Gallup especially this week but just kind of keep that in mind no I'm not streaming Jason Witten I know everyone wants to talk about Jason Witten like oh look he looks like he's back they're getting him involved blah 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 look if you want to play the tortoise go right ahead I am not going to be touching Jason Witten with a 10-foot pole at any point in time. I'd rather watch paint dry than watch this guy try to catch the ball and turn up field right now. So, no, I'm not going to play Jason Witten. I know the tight end position is desperate. I guarantee you we can find you a better tight end option than Jason Witten in this one. So, next up, the game that we have to talk about is the uh, night game. Wait, no, I think I skipped one here. No, 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 we're good. We're good. I thought I skipped a game here for a second, but we're okay. We got the Monday night game. Seattle Seahawks, San Francisco 49ers. This should be a good one. This is one of the few good on-paper Monday night matchups that we've had this season. So thankfully, this should be a good game. Can the 49ers stay undefeated? That's going to be the big question. But we don't care about that here for the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Uh, keep in mind, real quick, before I before I move on here, if you're just tuning into the show on Sportscaster, you want to get your fantasy football questions answered by me, go ahead and drop them in the chat, because what we're going to be doing is, after this game, we're going to go into the mailbag segment. I have some pre-selected questions from guys that I talked to earlier in the week through Twitter, at MDSFFshow, or Facebook, which was at MDFFshow, or through the website, through email, www.mdffshow.com, where you can contact me through email there. That so I have some questions from those places, but if you have any in the chat, we'll go through them in this episode too. So getting into the Monday night game, 
what we have here is Russell Wilson, of course, QB1, you have to play him. He's been absolutely unreal. 49ers defense looked a little exposed against the Arizona Cardinals. In the run game especially, so, you know, Chris Carson bombs away. I never thought this was actually going to be a good run defense. Quan Alexander is out, so this isn't going to be as good of a defense that you've been used to facing to this point anyway. So I expect Chris Carson to have a good game in this one. But the thing, the biggest thing here is that the receivers of Seattle are too fast for that secondary of San Francisco. The bomb off of play action, because I expect the running game to be pretty good in this one, is going to be there. Russell Wilson should be able to hit his big plays in this game, not to mention should be able to use his legs. With no Quan Alexander, they're missing a lot of speed in the middle of that field and missing their number one player who would have been responsible for keeping Russell Wilson in the pocket. I expect him to use his legs quite a bit in this game to move the chains. So Russell Wilson has a incredibly high floor to me and has his Russell Wilson ceiling even what on paper in San Francisco looks like a tough matchup so far this season. This is not the same San Francisco defense we've seen so far in the year. They are vulnerable now. I look for Russell Wilson to continue his hot streak this week. Chris Carson talked about him. Rashad Penny is just a handcuff. So just it doesn't look like there's any plan whatsoever to get Rashad Penny back involved in any kind of way. So look for Chris Carson to just continue dominating the touches there. For the wide receivers, Josh Gordon, that's the big story. Josh Gordon is expected to play in this game. And this is what we're going to be watching intently on Monday Night Football, right? Because we have Josh Gordon and DK Metcalf, assumably kind of the same receiver in a similar role. Now, we do know the Seattle Seahawks have been playing three wide receiver sets more often this season than they did last year. They've been more balanced team. They've been more of a 50-50 split as what we've seen thus far. So I expect that to continue. I think I think that's the biggest reason why they brought Josh Gordon in because guys like David Moore and Jaron Brown were just quite frankly not getting it done. You bring Josh Gordon in to fill that void and take their targets away, and then all of a sudden you have three pretty good wide receivers, pre, three physical fast guys who can get down the field on you right now. This is a team that's going to be able to go vertical 24-7 right now. You can't play Josh Gordon this week because you have to wait to see exactly what his role is going to be. And I think, consequently, you can't play DK Metcalf this week, because you also have to see what his target share is going to be with Josh Gordon in the mix as well. And if he's even still the starter, he should be. We haven't had many reports as far as the details in practice of exactly how that's been looking between those two, but the expectation is who's going to play when there's two wide receivers on the field. And right now, the main idea, and this is more, more speculation than actually reporting any facts or anything like that, more speculation has been leaning towards that Josh Gordon is going to be that guy because of the veteran presence, because of the ins and outs that he knows about the game, the blocking and everything like that. But I don't know how you take DK Metcalf off the field. I don't. But because we are not going to know that until we see it in the San Francisco game, and we have to watch this game intently for that reason because they have their bye week next week. So when they go against play the Philadelphia Eagles in week 12, you're going to want to know who you can start in that game outside of Tyler Lockett on the Seattle Seahawks side of the ball because that's a matchup, especially with the way they hit the big play, you're going to want to be able to take advantage of. So you're going to be watching this game with the idea of you have Week 12 in the back of your mind if you picked up Josh Gordon, if you have DK Metcalf, to know exactly what you're going to be able to expect moving forward. So that's going to be the big thing there, but I wouldn't play either one of them until I got a decent idea. It's not a great matchup. Anyway, you probably have better options ahead of you. Tyler Lockett is as safe as they come. It doesn't matter what the matchup is. It doesn't matter if Seattle decides not to throw the ball that one day. See, Tyler Lockett has been as safe as they come with Russell Wilson the entire year. 
Yes, Jacoby Hollister did catch two touchdowns last week. Yes, with no Quan Alexander, the 49ers might be more susceptible to the tight end this particular week. Uh, Hollister was a nice little stream play because it was Tampa Bay, though. I mean, they've been so pathetic against the tight end position that anybody can look good. Anybody can catch a touchdown. I think Hollister showed you that last week. He's not a streaming option for me this week, even in a heavy bye week, even with the tight end position the way that it is. He's just not a streaming option for me this week. I have to believe that you can find a better option outside of Jacoby Hollister. On the San Francisco 49ers side of the ball, I think we know pretty much what we're going to suspect, right? So Seattle has a decent run defense, but not something that you're afraid of. And they have a below-average secondary at this point. They've actually been pretty susceptible in the past. So Emmanuel Sanders, he's probably going to be, with the heavy bye week, a low-end wide receiver, too, this week. And I'll look up my rankings later on. Remember, you can go to the website, www.mdffshow.com, to look up the rankings I have updated for you guys heading into this week. But I'm pretty sure, trying to remember off the top of my head, he is in that low-end wide receiver two territory this particular week. He's definitely by far the number one wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo has already has a rapport for him. And he looks so happy that he actually has a pass catcher who's a legitimate pass catcher at the wide receiver position and doesn't always have to lean on George Kittle to be able to make those plays. As far as George Kittle goes, he is definitely has his knee and ankle is definitely banged up. And we knew that in the Thursday night game. He's considered very questionable for Monday. Didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. Remember, this is a Monday game, though, so the Thursday practice is more of the Wednesday practice. So there's not any real concern yet. We will be watching pretty closely to see what he's able to do in practice this week. Or I'm sorry, not this week, today. What he's able to do today. That would be a big indication if he's on the right track or not. But we're really probably not going to know anything until Sunday. So just kind of keep that in mind there as well. But... He's not ruled out, that's the good news, but he is very questionable heading into this week. So if you have George Kittle, make sure you have another option available to you. Now, as far as the 49ers go, look, whenever they had one of their backup tight ends come in, they haven't been involved in the offense. And I think it would just result in the running backs and Emmanuel Sanders being that much more involved in the passing game than it would be for their backup tight end situation. So in that case, what I would do if I'm a George Kittle owner is I maybe would pick up Jacoby Hollister. I, I might. I might pick up Jacob Hollister in that one. I know I said Jacoby. Jacob Hollister in that one. I might do that. Just so I have another option to be able to throw Monday night in case it comes down to a game time decision. Now, I'm not going to just drop anybody for Hollister, If but if you have an extra bench spot, if you're able to make that move, I would have him on call because that's the guy I would be able to go to if suddenly I held on to George Kittle till Monday and then you know an hour and a half before the game he gets ruled out. So in case that's a possibility, Hollister would be the guy I would actually want to pick up in that, in that scenario. Tevin Coleman, what is his expectations for this week? I mean, he's, he's going to get 12 to 15 carries. He's going to be in this team where he runs really well. He gives a good system. I do think he'll be more involved than he was in the Arizona game. I think he will be the lead rusher over Matt Breida in this particular matchup. You don't love it, though. You don't. He might be more of a low-end RB2 given the bye week situation, but it's, it's the fact that he's you're not just splitting with Matt Breida, right? You're splitting with Raheem Mostert. You're splitting with when Jeff Wilson out of nowhere comes in the goal line situations on one of the most important plays of the game in a fourth and goal, and they bring Jeff Wilson in. There's, there's so many moving pieces. Tevin Coleman's still the lead back. 
and you have a productive 49ers rushing attack that you want to have a piece of, Tevin Coleman's still the main guy that I want to have that piece of. Matt Breida is just a big play guy. In order for him to be fantasy relevant, and he's a flex guy this week, but in order for him to be fantasy relevant, he has to break those big plays. He's not going to get his opportunities in the goal line. Tevin Coleman should still be the main guy in the goal line, which always gives him that possibility of the touchdown. But Breida's not going to get that work. Coleman also gets pretty involved in the passing game, about an even 50-50 split so far this season when they've played together between him and Matt Breida. But the thing that kills me and the reason why he doesn't have nearly as much upside as he normally does is because Raheem Mostert has been getting worked in more and more, even when Breida and Tevin Coleman are on the field. So he's been able to carve out like you know, a little percentage of his role as well. So that's kind of been the annoying aspect of this entire thing. But you still play Tevin Coleman. Uh, he's always going to be a high-end flex play. He's going to have the potential to be an RB2. So that you're always good there. Matt Breida, you can play him in the flex this week. You know he has that big play ability. The Seattle defense is not a team that you fear. So you can play him in the flex and at least expect a high floor out of him as he should be involved enough in both the rushing game and the passing game with his big play ability. But you can't have the high ceiling expectation on these guys. This isn't a matchup where I expect them to be able to just break away and put up big points for either one of them. That wraps up our preview matchups. We finished them all up, guys. Great job. Had a great time. Real fun for you. This is the mailbag segment. So if you're on the chat on Sportscaster, go ahead, drop your fantasy football question. I have a few of my own that I'm going to get to here. If you're listening on the audio, we're going to get through the mailbag segment here. We'll close out the episode, and I hope you guys all have a great week. But remember, we will be back regularly scheduled next week with the recap episode on Monday for all the Sunday games. And then on Tuesday, we'll come back with a Sunday night, Monday night recap along with the waiver wire report. So let's go ahead and get into the mailbag segment here. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics. Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. So I have, for my pre-questions that I have, I have Jim from Twitter earlier this week asked me, Damien Williams, Larry Fitzgerald, or Zach Paschal in a full point PPR in the flex? Some good options there, Jim. I would have to lean towards Damien Williams right now. Patrick Mahomes is expected back this week. It looks like because of Sean McCoy fumbled his way into the doghouse, Damian Williams might be the lead running back now. I, I say that very hesitantly because who knows, right? It, it wouldn't surprise me for one moment if it suddenly LaShawn McCoy took over this backfield again this week. He's been rotating too much between the three. But because he put himself in the doghouse, because Damian Williams did have that big 91-yard run last week, I think he's going to be the lead back. Now, I don't mean that in the sense of I expect him to put up this great production rushing the football because I've made this point several times. I don't think Damian Williams is a good runner. He never He's never been an efficient runner. And if you take away that 91-yard run last week, he had 11 carries for 34 yards. So that's it, it's not what I'm saying. Him being the lead running back should have him on the field more of the time with Patrick Mahomes might give him the possibility of doing what you wanted him to do when you drafted, which is be involved in the passing game, catch the ball. 
That's what you're looking for here. So with Mahomes back, if Williams is that lead guy, I think he has a very high floor when you're talking about a flex play in the PPR leagues. I love Larry Fitzgerald's matchup against Tampa Bay, of course. But even in good matchups this season, since the beginning, I don't know, four games of the season, the beginning month of the season, Fitzgerald just hasn't gotten the ball in the same way that he had in the past. Christian Kirk is back. He's been stealing a lot of targets as well since he's been back. It is a great matchup. It wouldn't surprise me if Larry Fitzgerald was able to have a decent game in this one as a result, but I don't think it's something that you can trust is given the way they've played. They've been trying to run the football more. They've been trying to slow it down a little bit. It hasn't been quite as up-tempo as of late. You just can't trust the, the recent volume or lack thereof that he's had. Zach Passwell against Miami Dolphins. This is a safe floor play here, too. Uh, but because, because I think him getting a touchdown last week was a little bit of a fluke, it's not really his game necessarily. Not impossible. I'm not saying it is against Miami Dolphins by any stretch of the means. He is going to probably be the number one wide receiver with no T.Y. Hilton in there. I just like the floor that Damian Williams gives you with Pastor Holmes throwing him the ball at a PPR league more than for Zach Pascal. Because who's to say the Colts don't throw the ball to Eric Ebron or get some of the other receivers involved, run the ball 25 times with Marlon Mack, and then call it a day against the Dolphins? That's not also a likely scenario. So while it's a plus matchup, and while he could definitely take advantage of it, and while I don't expect Xavier Howard to be able to play in this game, there's also just that possibility of game flow going against him. Damian Williams, no matter what the game flow is in this game, is going to have opportunities to score with Patrick Mahomes. So that's why I would go with Damian Williams in this one. But that was a very good question. Mo from Facebook, he asked me, half-point PPR, Ronald Jones or DJ Moore? Now, this is the big thing, right? Because Ronald Jones has come out. They've said he's our featured guy. He's going to be the one we turn to. He's going to be the lead back. He's over Peyton Barber. This is going to be our workhorse moving forward. Peyton Barber's still going to be involved to some degree. He's not going to just go off and only have like two carries and just give Ronald Jones a breather here and there. He will be involved to some degree. Against the Arizona Cardinals, though, you got to love the matchup. And DJ Moore has a high floor. Absolutely. Against the Green Bay Packers defense, which has been very suspect in the past as of late, DJ Moore and Kyle Allen have definitely built a rapport uh, over the last few weeks. He's been looking for him more and more. He's back to being clearly the number one targeted wide receiver over Curtis Samuel. And, and it's, it's also a game against Green Bay Packers that could be a sneaky shootout game, actually. But I think the floor of Ronald Jones is better. He still gets involved in the passing game a little bit. But the biggest thing is that if he's going to be the workhorse back, if he's going to be the guy who gets the goal line carries, DJ Moore doesn't have touchdown upside. So in a half-point PPR, it's a matter of, do you think Ronald Jones scores a touchdown? And I think he has a very good possibility of being able to do that. I have Ronald Jones projected for two more points on the day than DJ Moore in a half-point PPR league. So just something to kind of keep in mind there. But I think he just has a much better chance to give you a touchdown, especially if he's going to be the lead back in this one, a higher floor. DJ Moore, him getting 100 yards has pretty much been your highlight. He's only had one touchdown so far this season. So even a matchup where he could very well score, it could be a shootout game on you know on the DL. It's, it's, I don't love it. I don't love his upside potential there. It's, it's more of he's a guy that he's going to probably get six or seven catches, probably 70, 80 yards. That's what you're looking at at a DJ Moore. Where Ronald Jones is a situation where he might get 18 to 20 carries in this game, get three to four receptions, and have a very good possibility to get you a touchdown. I'm going to take that work volume over DJ Moore this particular week. 
Really, though, I would try to play both. I'd be surprised if you were in a situation where you couldn't play both of them this week. And if you are in that situation, then you must have a pretty good team. So hats off to you, Mo. Hayes from email, he asked me, PPR leagues, uh, Devin Singletary or Jalen Samuels? So this is a good one, right? Because you have Devin Singletary who looks like he may have finally taken over the job over Frank Gore. And um, we can all hope so because it's clear cut. Look, Devin Singletary is a special talent or at least has the great playmaking ability. Frank Gore is just like, it's just watching him run to a wall over and over and over again. And I know he found the fountain of youth earlier on this season. That hasn't been the case in the past few weeks. The annoying part is that we don't know for sure. We know the Bills are going to run the ball enough where Frank Gore is still going to be involved and get his carries. But after last week, after Devin Singletary went over 20 touches total and showed that he could do it and stay healthy, I see no reason why you can't go with Devin Singletary in this game. Now, yes, Jalen Samuels, and we're talking about PPR League here, had 13 catches last week. He definitely has a high floor. Mason Rudolph is definitely going to look for him. And because of the receiver position, because the way he's been checking the ball down, there's no reason to think that Jalen Samuels might not be one of the one or two pass catchers on the Steelers for this game uh, coming up against the Rams. He doesn't have the ability to make a big play because he's never been that guy. And because Trey Edmonds has been the main rusher, him getting touchdowns at the goal line is going to be suspect at best. Devin Singletary will have that role. Cleveland Browns have been a team you have been able to gash. You just saw Philip Lindsay gash them, run up and down the field, break one big play after another against them in last week's matchup. There's no reason in my mind why Devin Singletary, with more volume than Philip Lindsay had, won't be able to do something similar. So I would definitely go with Devin Singletary in this game, and let's hope that this is the start of him being the workhorse back or at least being the lead rusher from here on out with the Buffalo Bills. Because if he is, he's going to be a high-end RB2 the rest of the way and could wind up being a league winner for you if that is, in fact, the case. That closes down the episode. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun again doing the audio version and the video version on Sportscaster. Make sure you check me out there at MDFUSN, belly up on Sportscaster. Yes, it's that because I you know, I have to make sure I'm giving love to the Unwrapped Sports Network and to the Belly Up Sports Network as I'm on both those leaderboards doing videos for those guys. They're also doing great work. Belly Up, we will be back 9 a.m. on Sunday with the Star Sit questions, so make sure you go to at belly up fantasy we'll be on there answering all the questions that come our way and helping you guys for your fantasy matchups ahead of time you can always check out the podcast on on pinecast spotify spreaker uh stitcher google play apple podcast wherever the md's fantasy football show is widely available to you guys make sure you're following me along on twitter at mds ff show for all those player news update notifications of course with any other news episode news and everything like that and of course follow me on facebook at mdff show and make sure you go out and check out my rankings on my website www.mdffshow.com to get yourself prepared for this weekend i hope you guys all have a great week i will be back on monday with the audio version of the podcast for the recap of all the Sunday afternoon games. So make sure you go ahead and check that out, and I'll see you all real soon. Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 